You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Morning, everybody. Robert Carrillo here. I'm introducing this morning our uh, leadership class for this week. The topic's on diversity. It was actually a class I did last at last year's Pacific Southwest Leadership Conference. And you might be wondering, well, what does diversity have to do with leadership? It actually has a lot to do with leadership. There's been a lot of discoveries and a lot of research over the last couple of decades on the power of diversity, and particularly in building leadership teams. It's a short little presentation, but I think it's a good one and give us some great insights in leadership. So enjoy the video. Amen. Good morning, guys. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank everybody who or whoever organized this for having a diversity talk in the main session. Uh, both, some of you guys know in the past when there was a diversity talk, it was in a meeting somewhere off to the side. And it was really more a meeting of the of the brown people in the crowd. And to have it right in the middle shows the progress we're making, the progress we had in uh, even in Panama. But diversity is a huge issue in our fellowship. It's a huge issue in the world. And I want to start out by just saying this. You know, diversity is of God. God made us diverse. God made us different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different languages. All of this is from God. And, and, and this is His thing. This is not just a social issue. And uh, I'm excited about sharing about this. You know, diversity, there's a, there's a whole lot to it. Whoa, we jumped here. We jumped a lot. Uh, can we go back? There we go. There we go. There's, there's a whole lot to diversity that's more than just having different kinds of people in a room and more than just having given people equal time. Diversity is a very hot topic in our world right now. I mean, right now, there are people marching because of the lack of diversity. There are people very angry because of the lack of diversity. There's a lot of talk going on. And whether, it's, whether we're addressing it or not, it's happening in the parking lot of our churches. People are talking about diversity. People are talking about what's happening in our world. And there's a reason people are upset. There's a reason people are angry. Some of my favorite quotes. Ultimately, America's answer to the intolerant man is diversity. The very diversity which our heritage of religious freedom has inspired. We need diversity of thought in the world to face the new challenges. We are in a new century with new problems. Problems that address an entirely different world than the world that most of us grew up in. And we need some new thinking and diverse thought even to be able to deal with some of these issues. We inhabit a universe that is characterized by diversity. It is, again, in God's very design how diverse the world is. Strength lies in differences, not in similarities. That we come together, that we share thoughts, that we engage with each other, that we provide solutions. Uh, this is key. I love this one. We may have all come on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. And, and, and I think that's us. You know, that's us. Uh, I, I love this quote, although I can say my people didn't come on a boat. We walked across. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right. That's another subject. You know, we, we, we have in our roots... I got to say it. I didn't cross the border. The border crossed me. But anyway, all right, that's another issue. So we have in our roots our movement 
radical. You know, I did this big paper at Pepperdine on the history of our movement, you know, going back to the Restoration Movement, and I read these articles written about the Crossroads Church, and three things that came up repeatedly. There were three points in my paper. They talked, they criticized them for mixing race. They had an African-American brother lead communion in a white audience, and that caused all kinds of uproar. They allowed women to pray in public. They, they, and there was excessive talk about the Holy Spirit. Scared everybody. Uh, oddly enough, we're still talking about these three issues 40 years later. About the role of women, about, about women leadership, and race mixing, and of course the Holy Spirit. Diversity is much bigger than just black and white relations. Although that is the primary point where we see it in our country. But it's also other ethnicities. It's also age. You know, we're going through a, a major shift right now from the baby boomer generation to the millennials. Sorry, Generation X, you guys got stuck in the middle. But um, we're going through all these shifts right now, and that's diversity. How they think different, how they are. Diversity in culture as all these changes are happening. Even personality profiles, there's different types of us in the room. We think different. Social diversity of some of us come from a poor background. Some of us come from wealthier. When I became a Christian, most of the church leadership was upper middle class white people that went to college, right? And, and I was one of the few that would look around and say, okay, I came from a poor neighborhood. I came from, I came from the Barrio right down the street, downtown Sacramento. There wasn't a lot of us. Now there is a lot more of us coming up. Um, so diversity looks different than what we traditionally are used to. It has everything to do with social justice. It has everything to do with a topic very important to God. Is there justice? Let justice flow like a mighty river. It's very important to God. It has everything to do with respecting one another. Understanding that the different challenges we have and not judging one another, but understanding that we grew up in different backgrounds with different challenges and respecting the battle of the challenge that we all had. And of course it has everything to do with love. Caring enough to want to understand. Caring enough to want to hear somebody's challenges or what somebody went through. Caring enough to be interested in what's going to take. And of course... This is all from God. I mean, the three things that Micah said, that what it's all about, the very scripture that Jesus repeated in Matthew 23, practice justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. It's at the heart of God. It's at the heart of our theology. And, and, and diversity and leadership particularly is where love and justice cross paths. It's where we're practicing justice, we're making things fair, we're making things equitable, and we're doing it because we love each other. Because we want the church to be the best that it can be, amen? Because we want to be the light of the world. The Apostle Paul was Mr. Diversity. He's the first millennial, right? He's a Jew, a Pharisee, a Roman citizen, probably multilingual, spoke Hebrew, Greek, probably Aramaic and Latin as well, educated in classical Greek, from Asia Minor, not from Israel, a tribe of Benjamin, a global tribe. He's a millennial. And, and, and who did God send to Europe? The millennial, because he could relate to everybody. Peter would not have related to the at Areopagus. Paul could. Paul could cross the barriers. Our world is radically changing. The demographics in this country are changing dramatically. Uh, uh, you know, the rise in the different countries, it's really a global shift from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere, but of course we feel it right here in the United States. 
uh, as the different groups are growing in number. Across the United States, there's a racial diversity that is, that is exploding. There's not only a racial, there's an ethnic diversity in the different countries that people are coming from, the different cultures they're bringing in. And, and as well as there's an age diversity. As, as, as the, the, the millennials are coming into power, they're becoming the owners, they're becoming the ones making the money, and they think different than the boomers, right? We, we joke about it all the time, but that is a major shift happening in our world. Listen to this, Numbers 8.23. The Lord said to Moses, this applies to the Levites, men 25 years old or more shall come take part in the work of the tent of the meeting, a tent of meeting. But at the age of 50, they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, but they themselves must not do the work. This then is how you are to assign the responsibilities of the Levites. God has a mandatory retirement age. Now, he didn't say they're to be to set out to pasture and drift off and do nothing. He said, stick around and help the younger guys. Help the younger guys, but get out of the way. Give them the spot. Give them a chance. That's pretty good, right? Our current global national leadership does not reflect the demographics of the communities we live in and the churches we lead. It doesn't. We have to change that. That, just does, that doesn't just happen naturally. That has to be very intentional. Why? Because we love God. Because we want to save the world. Because we care about our communities. And we know this is going to be key to reaching the community. Otherwise, we become disconnected, unrelatable, and irrelevant. The denominational high church is are disappearing. They're in a tailspin. Their, their members are leaving in droves. Why? Because they're disconnected, unrelatable, and irrelevant. They're up there using analogies and illustrations that nobody relates to unless you're as old as the speaker. The challenge of diversity. First of all, you have to recognize every group has been challenged. Every group. You know, when, you know there was a time where the worst thing you could do is be Irish. You know, and, and, and the, you know, and depending on what part of the country you lived in, even in world history, there's dominant empires, subjugated others. I used to correct, I was a rat, you know, I was a radical here running around doing all this stuff. And, and my people, you know, the Chicano movement, we would say, you know, give us back the Southwest, the United States stole it. And then I would say, yeah, but we stole it from the Indians. You know, the, it, it, it was, every group has sinned, right? It's important to understand that so we don't judge each other. It's also important to understand that some groups have suffered far more than others and respect that suffering. You know, I, I, I remember one brother told me, well, I went to Africa, so I know what it's like to be a minority. No, you don't, bro. They were not talking numerical minority. The thing is that anywhere you big, you're a big white guy, anywhere you go in the world, you're automatically put at the top of the social ladder. You just, you get a free entry. That's important to understand. So understand that not everybody has the same struggle or the same battle. And then the other thing I think is incredibly important to understand is that many are still suffering discrimination. Many are still going through it. Just the other day, I was, I was at Pepperdine University. I was going to get my son a shirt. I'm walking through the, li- the, the bookstore, and I notice a guy's following me. 
And he kept following me, and I tested. I went across to the other side of the bookstore. He followed me over there. And finally, I turned around and looked at him, and he said, he asked me, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm buying my son a shirt. Is there a problem? He goes, no. And he said, I said, I was a graduate student here. He goes, oh, oh, okay. And he left. And I get it, because everybody else who looks like me at Pepperdine is either a gardener or a cook. And he's wondering, what am I doing in the bookstore? But that's, that's a very real thing. That's a light discrimination. There are brothers in this room that have suffered a lot worse than that. Um, the, the, the three main issues we deal with, one is ignorance. I think this is our biggest one. The, the, the ignorance, prejudice, and racism. Ignorance is probably our biggest one. By and large, we're an incredibly loving group. And we want to cross the bridges. We want to reach across. I know it's a little scary for the Caucasian brothers. And, you know, when we start talking about diversity and, oh, no, am I going to have to apologize? And, you know, uh, but I think, honestly, loving enough to listen, to ask the questions, to want to understand, to, to overcome ignorance you know, I remember uh, one ago, this brother stood up on Sunday morning. It was Thanksgiving week. And, he's, and he started out his sermon talking about how our ancestors came across and landed on Plymouth Rock on the Mayflower. And I'm thinking, not mine. And I looked around, not theirs, not theirs. And I'm like, whose ancestors? You know, that's just ignorance. You know, it's just not realizing that the whole world doesn't share your heritage. Um, you know, somebody has a Puerto Rican couple over and they hand them tortillas and hot sauce. Puerto Rican doesn't know what to do with tortillas or hot sauce. Not all Latins eat tortillas and hot sauce. Mexicans do. The others don't. Um, it's just ignorance. Then there's, then there's prejudice. And prejudice is a little scarier. It's a little more intense. You know, it's, it's, it's usually driven by fear. You know, the, all guys wearing hoodies are gangsters. You know, anybody who listens to rap has probably killed somebody. Uh, anybody, you know, you drive a lowrider. I mean, when I came to church, I drove a lowrider. I came in driving a lowrider, you know. And, and, you know, hey, I had prejudice, too, when I drove on to the University of San Diego. They had these huge speed bumps. And I said, I know they do that to keep my people out of this school. You know. They need to lower the speed bumps so we can get on campus. And, 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 and I appreciated the cultural sensitivity because, you know, when they told me churches in Poway, I was like, Poway? Why do you want me to go to Poway? You guys going to ask me to do your yard or something? No, I'm not going to Poway. I walk in the building and, and there was like four Mexicans in the whole church, the Hermosillo family, and they brought them all up to meet me, you know? So I would feel at home. It's important for me to see people who look like me. And then, of course, there's there's racism, which is hating people because of the differences. I think generally, hopefully, we deal with that in the sin study. Hopefully, we deal with that before anybody gets baptized. If you're not, we need to make sure we're dealing with it. We need to make sure we're talking about it. And, and again, remember, our members are talking about it. They feel it. And they feel it when the ignorance is spoken from the pulpit. They feel it when decisions are made in leadership that are prejudicial. And they have great hearts. They don't say anything. They go along with it. But they have the lingering question, how long? You know, how long until there's some greater sensitivity? Uh, what it's not. We need to focus on diversity. Your goal is to hire people who all look different but think just like me. Diversity is also of thought. Part of the power of diversity is just people who think differently. 
Uh, what it's not, I, I, I pulled this off the, the internet. This was one of those little things you can print out. Uh, no offense to John Travolta, but he's, it says, you feel alive to the degree that you feel you can help others. But look at that picture. The white hand coming down from up on high, saving all the degrees of brown hands. Honestly, how many of you even noticed that? You know, I noticed it right away. You know, it's like, thank God for that white guy saving us all poor brown people. Even, even I remember I talked to Randy years ago and bless his heart. He's had a great heart. But I said, bro, every picture in Hope Worldwide is a white guy holding a brown baby. Can we get a brown person holding a white baby? I know we help white babies too. It'd be nice. It would be nice. It's not being unfair to help somebody. It's making things fair. So those who have been dealt an unfair hand get a shot. It's understanding. Look, if you're a kid who grew up poor, you never had books. You were raised by the oldest sibling in the house. Your mom and dad worked all the time. Nobody read to you. Nobody told you you're awesome, that you're going to do anything. You could do anything you want. You fought for everything. And because the first five years, you pretty much were raised by your siblings, your brain literally did not develop the neurons and the synapses to be able to keep with the other, up with the other kids when you do go to school. Your brain has already underdeveloped by kindergarten. This happens all over the world. We're dealing with, with it with Hope Worldwide, early childhood development. Um, there's just some facts to know. You know that this is a great book if you, if you, if you want to geek out and get into more details of this. Uh, but diversity generally beats talent. You have a very talented person. A, device, a diverse group can beat them. Uh, diversity can beat out experience. Diversity can beat education. It can beat expertise in many different settings. There's lots of examples of this and how this works. This study, this is a great study. Uh, uh, it was done at MIT, and the, what they did is it's called the Spaghetti Marshmallow Challenge. They had these groups. They're supposed to build the highest structure they could using these materials. And, of course, they had CEOs, marketers, engineers, lawyers. Guess who beat everybody? This group. This group, and I have seen this repeated in different situations where kids beat adults and experts. Um, of course, Jesus knew this a long time ago and said we need to be like children, right? Uh, this is an enzyme. It took 10 years. It was published in Journal of Medicine. It was a great victory. They did incredible things. What came out in this article was the, re- the way they figured it out. They had been fighting with this for 10 years. They put it on an Internet site where anybody could try to solve a problem. You know who solved it? A group of gamers, video gamers. They're not even scientists. It's the diversity of thought. They approach it different. Diverse groups tend to engage in more rigorous decision-making, more considered. They just approach things different. Uh, Even in the business world, don't have time to get into it all, but 35% more likely to outperform their respective national industry medians. Business world is discovering this, the power and the wealth that comes from diversity. Diversity is not about power sharing. Diversity in its truest sense is about critical thinking and exploring new perspectives and ways of acting. We need to know what the women think. We need to know what the young guys think. We need to know what what the Asians think, what the African Americans think, what the Europeans think, what the Hispanics think. Because it's all different views of the same challenges that we're all facing together. You've got to be radical about this to change this. This won't change by itself. 
We've got to love without barriers. We've got to be intentional. You've got to help other people raise up. I mean, the reason we've got an incredible rising leader in Raphael Lua. You know why that happened? Because Marty and Reese were very intentional about raising him up. It's Los Angeles. Of course you should have strong Hispanic leadership. Ask really tough questions like, is it time for me to step aside and let a, young per- a younger person lead or a person of ethnicity to lead? Is it time for me to get out of the way and what does that mean for me? And I know we got a challenge because some guys can't because they can't afford to step aside. So we got to figure that out to enable them to step aside. Uh, and, and a young guy, my challenge to you is ask for a shot. Say, bro, can I get a shot at this? Can I lead this? So last slide is this. Diversities of God. He's the ultimate diverse one. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For all of you were one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. And in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all people, not just white Jewish males over the age of 30. All people, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. That's diversity. Amen. Brother, good job, bro. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.